0: For, for us at kite like we have a clear vision to become the biggest operator of, uh, of fleets long term and so uh, that means um, for us it's really about like growing our fleet uh, of cars and, and by that giving more and more uh, people access to uh, to cars when they need them and ultimately uh, our, our vision, is to unlock the freedom to go places we do that in a small scale today like we're we're live in 13 cities across the us but in the future we will we'll skate that
1: welcome to another episode of the dirt where we dive deep into the trials and tribulations of growing tech forward businesses I'm your host, Jim Barnish, and today's episode is brought to you by Orchid Black, the growth strategy firm that helps founders maximize the value of their business. Our guest today is Francesco Weidman, one of the founders of Kite, the mobility platform that delivers rental cars to your doorstep. We're gonna have some fun today hearing about the origin story of Kite, the company's vision for the future, and the impact that evolving your strategy can have when done right. Before we dive in, I'd like to give a shout out to all our listeners. If you find value in this episode or any, please share it with someone that could use what we discuss to help their business. Your support is what allows us to continue providing value across the community. Now without further ado, let's hand it over to Francesco to introduce himself. Welcome to The Dirt.
0: Well, thanks Jim for having me. Happy to be here.
1: Happy to have you here. So let's 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 uh let's do a little rewind here for a second. Um, back to your foray into this world that we call entrepreneuri entrepreneurship. Uh, how talk to me a little bit about uh how that experience or your experience in general shaped your path towards and into entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a good question. It goes. Way back, I think, into my childhood and and youth, where I loved to sell lemonades by the, the street, um, and I think like it it really like started um, to take some some more like form and shape, and during my undergrads, where like yeah, I was always like driven by like this the spirit of. Or the idea of entrepreneurship being a vehicle to, you know, like change the world. That sounds maybe a little bit ambitious, but you know, like make some yeah. some impact in the world and uh, to uh, to yeah, like make it a little bit better every day. And and so I, I try different kind of approaches to to get there and and have my form of impact. And I think like yeah, mostly unsuccessful during during undergrads. Um, started a first little venture um, and for recruiting and realized, oh, no, like recruiting is not really like the space I, I feel like I should spend or I want to spend the, the next like five to 10 years of my life. And um, so after that, um, like during my time at MIT, um, I, uh, I, I attended like a, a bunch of these like entrepreneurial like startup pitch contests. Um, to together with my co-founder at the time. And uh, we were lucky to, to actually win a few of them uh, across MIT and Harvard. And so it was a good, like, I think, like kind of next evolution here of like learning how to pitch an idea. Um, yep. But um, also there, like we realized like after going through that whole process that uh, it doesn't stop, like stop with the pitch, right? Like it really only starts there and you have to find a real problem that you can solve for people uh, in the world in order to make an impact, and so yeah, th- I think that's kind of like long story short. Let let us uh, let me to to um, co-found Kite, where uh, I'm very happy and, and glad that we finally found a problem to solve, and, and uh, yeah, we can actually help people to get uh, to get to places, right? Like help help people uh, to to go places
1: yeah so these pitch competitions that you won were these with kite which we'll get to what kite is in a second hold on i know you're i know everyone's kind of yeah at the edge of their seat trying to figure out what is kite um if they haven't already been a user of course but but was this for kite or was this for the recruiting business what 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 was this uh pitch competition
0: this was even a a third uh third kind of avenue Uh, I, i like did my masters in logistics and so um, it was like a logistics uh, company for refrigerated transport in developing countries, and yeah, so that was a um, that was the idea. Yeah.
1: So you did you had this venture into recruiting. It was a good idea, but realized that you didn't really love it. You had this venture into a logistics business. It was a great idea, but maybe not what the world was craving for. And so kind of the mixture of those experiences led you into starting kite, which the world is craving and is craving quite a bit. I'll, I'll say, I mean, this, this shared mobility and and the the way that you guys are, are changing, just changing the nature of, of what, uh, renting a car is, and I'll, I won't spoil the news. I'll let you speak to it, but, you know, so, so what is, what is kite? How did you end up there? And, and what are you guys doing to change the world?
0: Yeah. Good, good question. Um, and, and, uh, thanks for all the kind words. Uh, I still, like think for us, it's still day one, but we can talk more about that, uh, in in a few minutes. Um, so like, like rewinding, like, what is it like four and a half years back now? Um, uh, but both my co-founders and I were um, were looking at the mobility space. Like we knew already uh, that we all were super passionate about the mobility space at the time. And um, if we, if you if you remember, like back in the days, this, these were the hype days of micro mobility, like uh, mm-hmm. Lime, um, Bird, like all these scooter companies were like super hyped. Uber was big already, right? And so um, we like realized that like the inner city transport landscape was basically figured out and what wasn't figured out was everything longer than an uber ride right so mm-hmm. people like living in a city like fewer and fewer of them have cars to own cars and so they they are using ubers uh, to get around town but then if you like need to get out of town that's where you still need a car and that's where there are and there were some solutions um, already in place. You can get a traditional like rental car with, with any of the established players. There's like peer-to-peer, um, but, um, and there's car ownership as a, as a third alternative always, right? But each of them comes with their like very unique downsides um, of, I don't know, like, I, I don't even want to ask you, but I kind of do. It's like, like if you think about your your last like, couple of car rental experiences like was there any experience that like was subpar and 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 wasn't great and if you ask that like to most people they have at least like one experience or uh, that that wasn't that great right and so
1: oh I've, I've got i've got dozens there's a reason i haven't even rented a car in probably 15 years
0: oh wow <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> i hate to drive me. so i'm probably not the best i'm probably not the best judgment here but but because I'm not a big driver anyways, but yes, miserable times uh renting a car for business travel, personal travel across the board, right. uber saved my life Amazing. maybe maybe yeah. maybe kite will now save my life <laughs>
0: yes. yes in the future yes definitely yeah um, so yeah, I think yeah, so like if you think about that right like there there was this landscape and they kind of had all their, their downsides either being not customer-centric the traditional car companies like not being consistent in the experience if you think of like peer-to-peer car sharing um options out there um or yeah. just like super inflexible unflexible if you think about car ownership and like three year plus leasing models and so right. um, we thought like that there, there must be something there um where we can actually create a solution to give people access to a car for any trip longer than a rideshare um, and like do that on demand by delivering a car to people's store and um, when they need one right and and then when they they're done, make they it kind of like magically disappear again. And so with that idea in mind um, kind of like think of it as a virtual garage that you have in your pocket with the with the kite app. Right? like you can always pull out a car of your virtual garage when you need one and and make it go back in there that's uh, that's kind of the the initial idea and, and today the, the the core of what we do at kite
1: so we we jumped into uh, your path into entrepreneurship but what we didn't really talk about is um, your your role at BMW which kind of I uh, you know I'm not going to speak for you but kind of uh, led to a lot of this influence of mobility in 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 your world and and knowledge uh, knowledge transfer in terms of understanding the landscape and things. So, you know, how, how did your role at BMW? Um, influence your decision to start Kite? Because I know there's a lot of other folks out there. They're in a big company environment, right? They're like, ah, this isn't for me, but, but, you know, I need something that's going to jolt me into starting my own business. What was it for you that, that, that was that jolt? It's a
0: good question. So I think I, I'm not sure if I'm a, a good example here because Already like going into BMW, I, I knew this was not going to be my like retirement um, kind of job. Right. And, yeah. and so it was more like I saw and I deliberately took that decision to go and, and join this huge company. And, and after like graduating, uh, graduating, in order to learn how a company can work at scale. And so I think that, that like it, it fulfilled, fulfilled its job quite well there. Like where I saw like the good things of like a big company working at scale having massive impact, right? Just like because of its size. Um, but then also of course like things that, that didn't work um, on on a, on a bunch of different levels um, from like company structure, um, efficiency. But but then also um, like yeah, digging deeper into this like car sharing model. Um, on the, on the content side, I I think like in terms of like doing the jump then, right? Like at some point, um, I, I decided that I would go for it. And funny enough, um, we, um, at at the time, like, um, we were already like the, the three of us, we were already discussing an idea, which wasn't kite. And I was so sure this would be the, the idea, you know, to go with. And I was like, okay, yeah. now I'm ready to quit. It turns out after quitting, like three months later, you're like, okay, no, this wasn't it. Like, <laughs> let's, let's pivot. Right? Let's do something else. Uh, in the same space, though, but uh, like it was definitely not that, uh, that trigger.
1: So when you, when you, uh, when you look at BMW and, and all these other bigger, uh, you know, manufacturers, uh, autonomous cars, autonomous, you know, general, general as a keyword, uh, has been, has been a topic of a lot of conversations and, and, um, I'm just curious, like, how do you see kite fitting into a world with autonomous cars?
0: Yes. Um, I think it, we actually like asked our, ourselves that question very early on and you know autonomous cars have been around for a long time at this point actually right like at least we've talked about them for a long time and yeah. after billions and billions of dollars uh, investment into the technology we're still at a kind of small scale level and and only slowly starting to see like the cruises hit the ground and and, and Waymo's hit the ground with, with their first like real like real people in, in real cars without a driver. So I think just like looking backwards, we we have seen that this like timeline has taken much longer than initially anticipated. And I think like it, it can like still grow exponentially, right? And and so there, there might be kind of a takeoff coming. Uh, in, in ahead of us, but we don't expect it to be like every car driving fully autonomously tomorrow. And right. uh, instead, there will likely be a, a kind of transition phase where you can have things like teleoperated cars, which are like cars that drive without a driver in the car, but they have a driver remotely sitting somewhere and steering a car right like kind of remote control driving the car and and something like that is like easier significantly easier to to actually do technologically and at the same time like yeah it kind of forms this this transitory step uh, on the way to full autonomy so we're seeing a couple of like startups doing that and and i think like once that has formed a little or reached a little bit more of like a A scale um, that that works with multiple car models and stuff. um, That would be a good time for Kai to also start exploring that further. Where, you know, like if you think about it from a user perspective, today we are already augmenting an autonomous car play in a way. So as a user, you don't have a car, you hail a car to come to you. Today we do this with a driver. In the future, we do this without a driver, maybe a remote yep. driver first, and and then like you sit in the car. Yes, you still have to drive yourself today. Um, in in a like transitory world with uh, like with teleoperations, you might still do that as well. Um, later on, you won't do that anymore, and you just sit in there. And then we we reverse the whole game at the end of the trip, where we make the car disappear again, right? And you don't, uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter if it's a driver or if the car drives itself
1: yeah and, and, does and sense, like, like it I does do. yeah it it does i'm i'm curious now now that we're talking about you know long term vision and 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 path and roadmap and you know things that that align with kind of the future version of kite and the future version of the industry what what do you see in in five years in ten years in in whatever whatever pick 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 your your cadence that's most appropriate but in in what, how many, how many years does the world change? And, and what does kite look like uh, at that point in time?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a good question.
1: Um, I think
0: that it, it's always hard to predict the future, right? And there, there's definitely a different versions of the of the possible futures out there. Um, if you if you think in kind of statistical terms. Uh, there, like for for us at Kite, like, we have a clear vision to become the biggest operator um, of uh, of fleets um, long term, and so uh, that means um, for us it's really about like growing our fleet uh, of cars, and and by that giving more and more uh, people access to uh, to cars when they need them, and ultimately uh, our our vision is to unlock the freedom to go places right? we do that in a small scale today like we're, we're live in 13 cities across the us but in the future we will we'll will scale that like if people need that in in one city um in the us like other people need that in another city in europe and everywhere else in the world so um i i do think like that like just like scaling this up uh, is is one like trajectory and then I think, like already today, we, we are like back to this autonomous uh, car question, right? Like we are owning and, and building relationships with our customers. So we, we kind of own the customer relationship um, like from a company um, standpoint. Um, and we will grow that, right? Like the technology might might change. We might swap current cars with autonomous cars. Uh, we might like automate more the the uh, also maintenance of the fleet right we will have um like parkings uh, uh, parking lots that are fully autonomous uh, at some point so all this will happen in the back uh, back end but Think like for the customer perspective. From a customer perspective, like things will stay actually pretty similar. So let's
1: let's talk about that from a from a customer perspective. Because as as simple as you make everything sound, you guys have experienced some astronomical growth over the last five years, and um, and part of that is due to um, you know just a really great. Uh, idea in a market that was great timing and and all of that stars aligning type stuff obviously plays a role, but it 's been pretty hard work too at the same time right um, so you know one thing i I know we 've talked about before is kind of the the evolution of kite 's pricing strategy. And and how that's played a role in your growth. So can, can you walk us through the evolution of Kite's pricing strategy and what made you uh, evaluate and reevaluate the way that you were priced to the market?
0: Yeah, sure. So I, I think like pricing is is one area where um, which we which we initially underestimated um, in in that market, right of people needing access to a car and um, this is a very like fluctuating um pricing like you have dynamic pricing with with most of the other players um while car sharing typically is more stable um all the traditional rental car players are really like dynamic in in the way they price and so yeah i think in the beginning like he kind of manually uh Check prices on other websites and then like adjusted our pricing accordingly. Um, but over time, we realized like how important it is and, and invested more and more uh, into that and and growing our own like really like pricing engine and, and intelligence, which um, starts to pay off really only only now I would say. Um, and so that, yeah, that's definitely one thing that that wasn't easy. I think another a, a, another thing that that we that we haven't talked about I think in the past uh, combos but um, was around our like supply model so if you think about like how we started out we we kind of didn't have anything right like we had a little bit of venture funding um, but um, or even even not that like we had like some angel money and we wanted to get some cars to to our customers but we didn't have cars so I think that's where we, you know, like started out with like a super like acid lights, um, supply model. And then like kind of pivoted that into a, um, into a model where we now are actually, you know, like having like buying cars and we have a credit line with Goldman Sachs in order to do so that. So it was
1: initially you were partnered with, with fleet companies. Right. Um, Since you didn't hold your own inventory and then, you know, raised some money, uh, uh, partnered with some pretty heavy hitters. And um, and I'm just curious, you know what, in, in that in that experience shift, you know, what what challenges were you facing when you were partnering with fleet companies that made it unsustainable and was part of the reason for the shift?
0: for us it was mostly the realization that this wouldn't be a scalable path uh, towards a multi-billion dollar company so it, it did work at a small scale and like there are partners out there that can like supply a, a couple hundred cars maybe even like a thousand cars but it doesn't mm-hmm. scale infinitely and so that's where uh, Where when we realized that we said okay we we need something more scalable right like finally we want to go public we want to build a massive company here and and so the the only truly scalable path that we figured out is uh, is actually owning these cars and, and and
1: what was the you know once you had that realization was the path forward super easy and you you went out your door one day you met Mr Goldman. He introduced you to Mr. Sachs and then all of a sudden you had, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in your bank account or was it a little bit more complex than that?
0: It, it definitely <laughs> the latter. Um, I, I would still love to m- meet Mr. Goldman <laughs> and Mr. Sachs. Would that be great? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,
1: so yeah. what did? How, how did all that uh, transpire?
0: Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, it it definitely wasn't easy, right? And I think it's, it's a good example um, of like doing things at a startup that, where you play against the odds of being successful, you know, at the time, like we were still tiny in, in terms of numbers. So uh, of like cars on the road even with our fleet partners of, of bookings customers everything and so um like my my co-founder Ludwig, did a really really good job here um in uh, like, yeah uh, giving uh, giving uh, potential investors right on the on, on the like asset financing side um th- like an idea of what this could become right, if they were to join the journey with us and so like really i think like yeah at the time if you looked at the business it it wasn't interesting at all for heavy hitters uh, like goldman but they understood that if they get in now get their kind of foot in the door then they can actually see something grow here really nicely and and and, like be part of the journey from the get-go so i think that's what's what got them excited and uh, uh yeah and was a great beginning of a, so they're, of a they're
1: investing in the vision of on-demand cars right obviously um is, is part of what you're saying and i yeah. think like that's that's something that I, I think a lot of people get lost in as they're talking to and and, lo- and looking at financing partners is they get lost in the creation of a deck and they lose the idea of dialogue and they they get lost in the idea of 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 needing capital to finance their path forward when really it's about investing in a vision. And it's, you know, these, these concepts will, will, they may sound trivial and, and easy for us to talk about now that, you know, that, now that the time has passed, it really is, uh, the, the, the simplification of the complex that makes these conversations quite a bit easier. and. Um, I imagine there there was a few a few lessons along the way of, of fundraising and anything that stand out that that you can share on to our listeners.
0: Yeah, I I think generally speaking like you're totally right. The like the vision is super important, but also like conveying a message that boils down a complex business like ours um, to something that people can understand within minutes if they're not, you know, in the car financing business or in the, in the operations uh, business. Um, so I think that that is like a very, very key point here. I think another point is, and, and this changes a little bit over the course of, of the company growing. But people like still invest a lot in the people, right? So in the beginning, it's the founders and um, a little bit later, it's the it's the team. And so I think that is also like highly underestimated, um, at, at least in the early days. We only like I think recently realized that now, like with the like, last year, our series B, like people really started to, and VCs started to like double click into the numbers much faster, much deeper. And so I feel like it's it's a shift over the course of a startup where you start with the people and then you grow into like people plus numbers. And then eventually, likely, I don't know, like you'll see, like it will be more and more of, of sure. the latter, right? Sure. Like more and more numbers. And,
1: uh, so you guys are live in how many cities in the U.S. now? And how many um, cities outside of the U.S.? Oh, okay. I was thinking in you had. I was six. thinking you were in one or two cities outside of the U.S. as well. Part scratch that from the scratch that from the record. Yet, All right. Uh, so what? You're not in Tampa yet. Um, I wish you were. What What cities in the U.S. can people be on a lookout for for Kaiden?
0: Yeah. So for us, we are. Like our focus, sorry, sorry again here. Like for for us, the focus is really to like b- deliver the best experiences in cities that um, that have like some criterias and that that fit for our model the best. And uh, so, like one of these things is like car ownership, for example, right? Like so, um, like how many people do own a car? What's the density of the inner city? Um, for, which makes it more attractive for delivery. So there's a bunch of like factors that go into into a decision to to launch a new city. But uh, like generally speaking, um, for us, the the focus currently is not necessarily to expand like beyond the US. Um, there's so many like cities in the US that are attractive and and fall into our into our rooster. Um, that uh, yeah, that we can tackle. And so you will see more cities to come. I can't say like the exact number, uh, the exact names, unfortunately, but uh, you, you see some more cities coming. No, no problem. I'll keep
1: future. my, uh, I'll keep my eyes open and, and, uh, and, ears peeled for any new announcements. But as of right now, you guys are in San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York city, Brooklyn, Jersey city, Miami, Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, Denver, Fort Lauderdale, Philly, Portland, Seattle, and DC, right? All right, and and yes, you're right, right around the corner in Miami and Fort Lauderdale. So you know, next one's going to be in Tampa. Uh, I'm counting on it, or maybe at least within the next few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> probably not big. In, probably Tampa's probably maybe. not big enough to to hold you guys yet. But um, but we're working on it. All right, so um, I want to talk a little bit yeah. about um uh where you guys are are headed next and some of the decisions that you've made around growth um and 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 i just i just want to basically leave it open-ended in terms of um not necessarily city-wise but where you, you guys are excellent at listening to your customers you know it's impacted a lot of your growth initiatives you've shifted pricing you've shifted supply store you've done so many things in the name of the customer you know, what other changes are, are, are coming for Kite?
0: For us, um, it's uh, it, it's a couple of things, right? But the main company priority right now is really focused on driving more towards profitability. You know, like in the current market environment, that is just something that makes sense to um, that's generally actually something that makes sense, right? To build a company that is profitable, and I think it's especially uh, does make sense these days, um, and and also at the current stage of our company where um, we are like hitting like some uh, some forms of profitability already, but like the like turning the company fully profitable will be the like next really big milestone, and I think we can we can achieve that by by two things, right? Like one is. Getting uh, uh, getting more efficient and and the thing that we are doing, and two is getting more scale and just to to have some more like economies of scale, and doing both of these things while keeping the customer front and center. So you know, like eventually the, the customer is the one like driving in re- revenue for the company, right? So without recurring customers, like you don't have a business, and so. That is why why that is really front and center. Excellent. And we focus Excellent. On yeah.
1: No. Good. Good things. Good things ahead. Profitability, uh, counter to uh, what uh, maybe traditional tech would say, is certainly a focus across the industry uh, these days. Um, and uh, you know, I want to close things off because you've you've given a lot to our listeners already, but I want to close things off with our founder five five quick 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 hit questions about you and your growth. And you may lean into profitability on the first question because the first question is the top metric or KPI that you are relentlessly focused on.
0: So I will choose one that is only tangentially correlated with, um, with profitability, it is on time rate. So if you think about it, like our customers order a car to have it delivered to them at a certain point in time. And it has to fulfill some criteria. It should be the right car. It should be clean. It should be well-maintained. But it also has to be there mm-hmm. at the right point in time when they actually want to start their trip. And while that sounds simple from a customer perspective, delivering thousands and thousands of cars at the same time, right, in parallel, That can lead to like some high peaks in demand for what we call surfers, like our 1099 contractors that are delivering the cars. And also like from our operations internally. And so the whole clockwork has to really work together in order to deliver this car on time. So on time rate is the one thing that that we are highly, highly focused on as a company. We're tracking it like every week uh, looking at it at a company level and uh, yeah, continuously driving up. Uh, Excellent. That, yeah. That All percentage. right. Se-
1: second, second question for you here. Top tip for growth stage founders like yourself. I think like, we,
0: we talked about this, this kind of like fundraising focus from, you know, like, Focus on people, and then extra- shifting more towards numbers. I think that is uh, that is one thing that uh, that I've realized, and and I think it's it's good to be aware of that shift happening and, and being proactive about it. Um, I think another thing in in that same um, realm, speaking of talent, right, is to um, to keep the bar for talent really really high. So. For like, what we've realized is as the company grows, um, it is important to, to keep that bar really high. If you, you know, like get, get a little bit of slack in there that kind of is at some point becomes unstoppable. And so like for us, like we, we really put in some measures here to have like biannual performance reviews and and things like that, where we really make sure that um, we keep the bar really really high. All
1: right. Um, I'll, uh. I'll make sure to keep that in mind when I get my, uh, job application out to you guys. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Favorite book or podcast that's helped you to grow as a founder.
0: I love, no, I hate reading books. I love listening to books. So, um, and that's just because I'm a really bad reader or slow reader. Um, I, I think, though, so I, I think in terms of like podcasts, because you asked about podcasts, um, I, one podcast that I really want to uh, or, or like to to recommend is uh, Strategy from Ben Thompson. Mm. He is, uh, yeah, he's just talking about um, a daily update on what's going on in, in the tech world and. Uh, th- that is just a, a great source uh, for me to like keep tabs of uh, of a highly condensed version of of very like focused news. No, in, awesome in Awesome.
1: All right, next one, a piece of advice that counters traditional wisdom. So something that counters what those in the world tech world might say is traditional wisdom.
0: Yeah, I, I don't remember who said it, but I think it was one of our advisors very early on, um, which is when you think you need to go fast, go slow. And that, that has helped us definitely in the past of being very, uh, how you say that being very conscious about taking some decisions right, and not hurrying through you know, sometimes, it, especially in the early days, um, th- things feel like you have to like have to have that decision yesterday yeah. and it's already too late. And f- for many decisions, that's that's fine, right? Like to take decisions fast and and iterate, you know, thinking about like the revolving door, one way door concept of of Jeff Bezos. And like, it's it's fine if it's a revolving door, but if you're if you know, it's it's a one way door, then like better go slow, better think about it one more time.
1: Do you remember the context by which your advisor brought it up to you?
0: Fortunately, I, I don't know, but it, it became like, a, like it, it became a recurring theme that actually like we as founders were talking about when we were having discussions about taking decisions early on. And so like, this is, yeah, this is something that, just uh, kept coming up,
1: so yeah, no, it's, 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 it's good, it's good, good advice. All right, what, what is going to be the title of your autobiography?
0: I think I'm, I'm still <laughs> far away from from writing that. You and me both. Maybe in the future. Yeah, you and me some, both. <laughs> No, maybe in the future some some AI uh, will write one without asking you. It could already be, no. yeah, it could
1: already be. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, probably it's happening.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah well, you way. bet, you <laughs> bet. You know? So what? What? Let's just just uh, just just throw so, it out there. What do you think the title would be?
0: Yes, sir. I think for me it would be get better every day, and. So, so why, why is that the case? I think there's a lot uh, of that kind of woven into, into my, like, just like very uh, short history in, 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 life so far. And um, I really enjoy working on, on things like solving hard problems and, and mm-hmm. by that growing, um, personally. But also I think it's, it is important to, um, yeah, th- think about like how you can make the world um, better every day, and even if it's just like a, a tiny bit. So um, yeah, I think that would be the the, the title that that makes sense. And um, coincidentally, uh, it is also one of the values at our company, and where which which really resonates with me. And Excellent. So, yeah,
1: well, there. Francesco, thank you for giving so much to our listeners today. I always allow for a little bit of self-promotion at the end here how can those help you out help the kite team out um, on your path towards changing the world
0: yeah if you're one of the of the kite cities please give us a try and uh, actually i think you can at, at this point yeah you can go on the website or download the app um, kite.com kyt com and Enter a promo code at checkout, which is the dirt twenty, all caps for um, for the dirt, and you get twenty dollars off um, if you like, give us a try. We'll
1: send that over after, and uh, we'll throw that in the show notes too. Awesome, awesome, nice. awesome, Francesco, yeah, you rock, cool. man! Um, closing us off, what's the best way for listeners to get in, in touch with you? Is it, is it via email, LinkedIn, you know, just go to the website? What's, you know, what's the best route to get in touch?
0: Sure. Yeah. Feel free to throw an email. It's francesco at kite.com. And you will probably see that in the show notes, how you spell my name. But yeah, that's, that's probably the easiest Excellent. way to get. In. All right, that's- man,
1: this has been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on The Dirt, dropping your knowledge. And uh, till next time, my friend. You so much, it
0: was a pleasure.
1: If you loved today's episode of The Dirt, make sure you rate it on your favorite platform. And if you really liked us, go ahead and leave us an honest review. Thanks again for tuning in to The Dirt.